Welcome to my world, supporting someone with an eating disorder. This is a podcast about and for those supporting someone suffering from an eating disorder. These are my own personal opinions and experiences gathered from being married to someone in recovery, researching and working with those struggling with eating disorders. This podcast is brought to you by Living Proof MN. Never underestimate your ability to recover. Lack of funding for and education about eating disorders. So did you know that federally funded research programs designate only 93 cents per person affected by eating disorders compared to $44 per person for programs such as autism research? There are 30 million people in America struggling with an eating disorder and one in every 62 minutes dies as a direct result of having an eating disorder. That means that eating disorders has the highest mortality rate among all mental health disorders. I don't mean to disparage in any way the valuable research that is necessary for those other programs. I know firsthand the need for it. That being said, there is a desperate need for help for those struggling. There are few resources for people with eating disorders and even fewer for those who support someone. And the facilities that do exist have too few beds and those facilities have an extremely high return rate for those that go through their programs. Obviously, the current system and programs do not work for everyone. They do work for some people. I don't want to take that away, but it doesn't work for everyone. And that is primarily because the model of care nationwide in these treatment centers for eating disorders is the same. And I would gamble to say that they don't work for the majority. The most part, or the worst part rather, forgive me, is that the the amount of people struggling with eating disorders and those at risk is growing at an alarming rate. Males represent one quarter of those with eating disorders and males have a higher risk of dying from eating disorders in part because men and boys are less apt to seek treatment until it is too late. Eating disorders do not care about race or religion, economic class, sexual identification or cultural origin. It affects everyone and children between 15 and 24 are at most risk of dying above everyone else. And this is a segment of society affected by eating disorders that is growing the fastest. In spite of which, it is a subject not not addressed in our schools, not in elementary schools, not in high schools, not in colleges, and not part of any training regimen for teachers or school counselors or coaches. There are even a vast number of pediatricians, nurses, and doctors whom could not knowledgeably diagnose an eating disorder. In fact, as was published in the Journal of American Collegiate Health, only 20% of athletic trainers working with female athletes felt confident in identifying someone with an eating disorder. Despite that, 93% of trainers felt that there needed to be an increased attention to preventing eating disorders among collegiate athletes. The need for this is highlighted by the fact that 58% of female athletes and 38% of male athletes are at risk for bulimia nervosa, according to the National Center on Addiction and Substance Abuse at Columbia University. And unfortunately, so many symptoms are never seen until it is too late. People have normal EKGs, but have cardiac irregularities variations with pulse and blood pressure and are therefore at risk of sudden death. When I was in college, there were a number of athletes in high schools, basketball players, uh, as an example, whom died suddenly during the games and the blame was put on energy drinks because they had downed a couple of them before the game. 
Now, that's not healthy. We all know that. But in fact, there are unforeseen eating disorder uh, practices and in some cases, symptoms of cardiac irregularities in each one. The energy drinks just happen to be the catalysts. And the military is no exception. According to NIDA, the National Eating Disorder Association, 60% 60 of the 3,000 women currently in the military who were polled had an eating disorder. And in the Marine Corps, 97% of women met the criteria, criteria for having an eating disorder. Again, I know firsthand how difficult it is to bring up to our leaders, especially in the military, any type of medical and or especially a medical mental health concern. It is widely known within the military that doing so can put you, unofficially speaking, of course, on alert for those overseeing your training and put you at risk for not getting that promotion when your time comes around. And 42% of the diagnoses were for bulimia nervosa. In the military, the use of prescription or illegal substances can be noticed as opposed to purging or throwing up. So it stands to reason that this is a very prevalent way of self-medicating for stress and PTSD. The emphasis placed on discipline, rank, and teamwork combined with rule-based conducts, regimented eating, grueling physical training, often mirrors the mindset associated with eating disorders, controlling, compulsive strive for perfection that strives or that thrives under these rules. In the end, the message and the data is clear. Across the board, secondary and post-secondary school, college within our country's military and in the civilian sector, there is a dire need for awareness, education, and treatment programs that not only address the disorder itself, but more importantly, the causes and the traumas that act as a catalyst for these mental health disorders. And not waiting for our children and loved ones to become too ill, but by being proactive in our attempts to help well, the ever-growing rate of diagnoses will mean a healthier and stronger, more productive society and less of a burden on our healthcare system. Let me make one thing clear here. When I speak about the military, I spent many years in the military myself, and I've seen that firsthand. The drug abuse, the alcoholism, self-harm, it happens. It happens like in the civilian world. It happens in the military world just the same. Um, just saying. People, this is a huge issue that affects all of us. As those struggling with eating disorders, those su supporting those with eating disorders, and the rest of society carrying the burden of covering for those healthcare costs that only keep rising, and for those facilities that keep cycling people through, knowing that their focus is not entirely on the people seeking help, but to their investors, and that by instituting programs that only serve to keep clients coming back again and again, their investors and their financial bottom lines will remain in the black. By raising awareness of the prevalence of and the severity of eating disorders, maybe we can help to conquer not only the stigma that comes along with having any sort of mental health disorder, but also to allow people, society in general, to welcome and push for more research education and help to reach all those needing our guidance and support. Thank you for listening. Please, if you have any questions or concerns or subjects you might like addressed, feel free to contact me at tkc071 at gmail.com. And finally, remember to love and be loved. This podcast was brought to you by Living Proof MN. We are all worth it. For more information, you may go to www.livingproofmn.com.